Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Find Your Tove podcast. This is episode 30. I'm calling it strength. Oh, this was supposed to be out last week, but like I put on all social media when I announced that we'd be delaying it, it snowed in Disneyland. Do you believe that? Someday that will be a podcast. I'm still processing the events of last week. They were crazy in my family. But it also snowed in Disneyland. We, my daughter, Caitlin, had a very, very, very good friend who lived next to them in Orlando. Aaron moved back to L.A., to Los Angeles, and now works at Disneyland. It was just bananas. If you don't know, Disneyland is literally built in a desert. Southern California is a desert, and it snowed in the desert. This, oh, they're weird, weird times we live in. Unfortunately for me, last week my wife, her back went out, and we ended up in the hospital for a week doing MRIs and CT scans and all kinds of tests trying to figure out what could cause her so much pain. It turns out that it's related to the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome that my family deals with, but that's what was going on in my world. I was up at the hospital, and we were flying. Um, Caitlin flew in to help for the week, and my mom came in to help, and we're working through this, but the way that I describe the week right now, if I had to say it in one word, is it snowed in Disneyland. That's more than one word. If I had to describe it in one phrase... It snowed in Disneyland. And someday there will be a podcast with that title, and we'll talk about how do you deal with all the weird stuff in our world. How do you find Tove in the midst of it? Because that's what this podcast is dedicated to, helping people find Tove. Because you can't live your Tove if you don't find your Tove. And if you don't live your Tove then part of creation is simply left undone. We're in the middle of a series right now, actually coming toward the end of a series, that I'm calling a line. And it's based on this Hebrew command called the Shema. Shema means to hear, and it's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This command, the biggest, highest, most basic command starts with unity, that a three-person God is somehow one. And how do we take those things that are diverse and bring them into unity? How do we find diversity in the unity? How do we deal with oneness? If I was preaching a sermon, I'd say, we need a little oneness. Can I get an amen? And I think everybody, regardless of where you are in your faith journey, regardless of where you are in the world, we can all agree that we need a little bit of unity right now. The world is just, man, it's bananas. And so how do we come together? How do we get unity Well, if we want unity around the world, if we want unity in our towns, if we want unity in our cities, if we want unity in our families, the unity starts with us. And that's why the Shema says, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We talked about heart, how in the ancient world, heart meant will. That was a few episodes ago. We talked about will, the choices we make, the things we want, and to get real with that. We talked about how will is like a harness that holds soul, strength, and mind together. 
gets them aligned, all pulling in the same direction. Then we talked about soul, how soul used to mean the depth of the emotions, how soul, our deep, deep emotions are great fuel, but they're really bad behind the wheel. They're really bad in the driver's seat. If you want to dig deeper into those, go back, listen to those podcasts today. We're talking about strength. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength. And so we're going to just dive into that. When we say strength, what are we talking about? I just left the gym. That's my default. When I think strength, I think strength training. I think going to the gym. I think the physical body. But what we're talking about here is so much more complex than that. In the ancient world, if you wanted food, you used your physical strength to plow the field, to plant the grain, to harvest the food. If you wanted food and you were a fisherman, you went out and you cast your nets into the sea and you exerted strength to pull the fish in. Often we think about strength. How do we use our bodily form? How do we align our physical strength with our emotions and our will to move in a direction? How often are we misaligned? Before we can really dive into that, I almost want to go Inception here. Do you remember that film Inception where there was like a dream within a dream within a dream? They went to the third level of dream state. This, this is alignment within alignment. When we're talking strength, I found the easiest way to think about it is something called the five capitals. Not capitals like a state capital or national capital, but capital like when we say our country believes in capitalism, that kind of capital. When we're talking about those kind of capitals, we're talking about money. That's the easiest way to understand it. What are your resources? Maybe that's a good way to think about strength. What are your resources? Jesus talks about resources. In Luke, he says, if you're going to go build a tower, if you're going to go do this project where you try to build a tower, before you do it, you need to count the cost. You need to count the cost and make sure you have enough resources, make sure you have enough strength to do the thing. Now, if all you're doing to build the tower is counting your gold, you're missing out because there's different capitals. The five capitals, I've also found that there's more capitals than this. There's other things we can trade on. One of the things that's not on the list that someday I'll talk more about is emotional capital. There's tons of stuff being done right now on emotional intelligence. I've got a friend that that's what she wrote her master's thesis on was emotional intelligence. She coaches people, corporate people, CEOs, leaders, how to be emotionally intelligent. And I'd argue that that's a capital, but it's not on this list. We'll talk about that another time. The five capitals are this. You've got financial capital. This one is the most basic capital. It's not the least important. It's just the easiest to understand, the easiest to quantify, right? You can take some money and you put it in an investment and it gets you more money. Money is very, very measurable. You can measure a $1 bill, a $10 bill, a $100 bill. You can look in your bank account, your savings account, and see the exact number of things that are in there. You can look at your stock portfolio, see how much money is in there, see how much it's growing by, or how much it lost 
financial capital, financial strength, is super easy to measure. It's also probably the easiest to get because of that. Your next level up from there, and people argue about what's next, is physical capital. Your physical body, the strength that you have. The next level up is intellectual capital. Before I go there, let me give you the real basic. If you take some financial capital, one of the easiest ways to get financial capital is to invest some physical capital. As we trade time for money. When I was a kid, I'd go door to door and I'd ask people, can I invest some physical capital and you give me some financial capital in exchange? I didn't say it that way. Of course not. No, I said, hey, Mr. Smith, can I mow your lawn? And Mr. Smith would say, well, how much will it be? Back then, I'd say something like $3. And then me and the neighbor, we'd go and we'd mow Mr. Smith's lawn. We'd get it looking all nice. We'd spend the day doing it. And Mr. Smith would give us $3. We were exchanging physical capital for financial capital. The question is, were they aligned? Was that a good trade? This is where it gets really, really interesting. The next level up is intellectual capital. If you can figure out a way to work smarter, not harder, you can make more money. When we figured out that if we did the lawn a certain way, it was quicker, it was easier, we'd make more money in less time. In Proverbs, by the way, it talks about this all the time. It says, if you have money, use it to get wisdom. Interestingly, the word that's used there, it's tov. Sometimes that word gets translated better in the Proverbs, but it says things like wisdom, that's intellectual capital, wisdom is tov gold. Now remember, tov means multiplication. That's what it means at its root. Yes, the way it multiplies is often beautiful. It has to be beautiful to be tov. It has to be true to be tov. But tov at its root means multiplication. In every apple, there's an orchard. That's what makes the apple tov, is the seeds, the potential for multiplication. What makes intellectual capital tov? Well, if you invest a little bit of money and learn how to work smarter, not harder, you're going to get a good return on that money. Now, this is where things get mushy. When we're trying to gain financial capital, intellectual capital is more valuable than physical capital. You're only going to get paid so much to dig a ditch. But if you figure out a way to dig a better ditch, a deeper ditch to dig the ditch quicker. If you gain intellectual capital, you're gonna be able to get more financial capital. Where it gets interesting is people treat it that way when they're buying things. They don't treat it that way in investment. I'm amazed how little people will invest in their physical health. They'll go to the doctor when they get sick, but they won't spend the money, the time, the resources up front staying healthy. Just something to think about. Is that aligned? Are your financial resources and your physical resources aligned? And yet it gets even weirder because when somebody does get sick, the number one cause of bankruptcy in America is hospital bills. When somebody gets sick, we go to the hospital and we pay exorbitant amounts of money to keep them healthy. 
we may not do the same thing when it comes to intellectual capital. I've never heard somebody say, hey, we're not going to try the treatment to keep dad alive. But I have heard people say, hey, we just can't afford this college. So when we look at this, we have to go, where are our capitals aligned? Where is our strength aligned? Is our financial strength, our physical strength, our intellectual strength, are they aligned? Are we making good investments? When you're in business, they use a term ROI, return on investment. Is the way you're investing your strength getting good return? Do you even know what your expected return is? If you were to go through the Finding Tove coaching, or if you pick up the Find Your Tove sketchbook, there's a chapter in there that talks about success. And it's so much about your return on strength. You're aligning your strength. Are you getting a good return on that? So when we look at strength, when we look at that kind of alignment, we got our financial strength, our physical strength, which is a little more valuable, our intellectual strength, which is even more valuable. Even more valuable than that is relational strength. Are you investing in strong, healthy relationships? Are you investing in people that speak truth into your life? Are you investing in relational capital? I'm amazed how few people invest in relational capital. Relationships are the most important capital, or they're up there in the top two. We'll get to the number one here in just a second. I shouldn't say they're the most important. But think about it. Let's look at this at the most basic, basic level. And I know this episode is a little bit drinking out of a fire hose. I'm probably trying to cover too much information in too short of an amount of time. Maybe this one should be a whole series just on the five capitals. If you other people do that better than me, if you Google five capitals, there's people that this is all they teach on is how to leverage those capitals, how to, how to help align those strengths. When you look at it, physical health, Physical health will increase if you have a group around you that loves you. They've proven this scientifically. Or let's look at the most basic, financial capital. If you lost your job, it doesn't matter whether that's a, a physical capital job or an intellectual capital job. If you lost your job, would it be better to have six months savings cash in hand or six friends that you could call who could help you find a job. Of course, the relationships matter. And in this day and age, when we're talking about finding jobs, did you know that still, even with LinkedIn, the relationships that you have are the way people find employment. Knowing somebody, even if it's a loose relationship, knowing somebody who knows somebody is still just such a valuable thing. Are you investing in your friends, how do you invest in your friends? How do you love your friends? How do you love your family? Are you investing in your family? It was amazing when Trish ended up in the hospital, the people who came immediately, those family members. Why? Because they're investing in me, because they love me, because they love Trish. Are you investing in your family? 
Are you investing in your friends? Man, I have been overwhelmed by phone calls, by meals brought over, by the friendship that we've experienced through this hardship. I hope that I invest in people too. Are you investing in that strength? Are you relationally strong? An even higher level of capital than that, it's almost cringy, it's almost weird to even talk about these higher level things as capitals because we don't really trade on them. It's, it's not quantifiable. There's not an easy math equation. It's not like you get 7% interest on a friend. Who are your 2 a.m. friends? Who are those people that you know if you called them at 2 a.m., and said, I need you here, they'll be here. Are you investing in those relationships? And the top one, the most valuable strength, the most valuable resource, the most valuable capital is spiritual. There are things that happen that we just can't quantify at all. The Bible has all of these stories as people interact with the divine, as people learn to pray, as people learn to listen where God is leading, it's, it's this thing that just changes the game. And so that's what I wanted to just throw out there this episode is those five capitals. When we're talking about strength, the first thing we got to do, it goes with these looks, is you look down. Where is your strength? Where is your financial strength? Are finances right now a strength for you? Are they a weakness for you? Same thing, physical. Look down. Where are you physically? Are you physically healthy? Are you physically sick? Are there things physically that, man, it's just not a strength right now. It's a weakness. And so it's really hard to leverage a weakness. And, and maybe you need to make some tough choices on that strength and do some things to get healthy. Maybe it means a diet change. Maybe it means sleeping Maybe it means seeing a doctor. Maybe it means seeing a counselor. How are you intellectually? Are you intellectually strong or are you intellectually weak? I heard that when it comes to men in America, it takes seven men to read one book a year. Let me put that a different way. If you have seven guys in a room, only one of them on average has read a book that year. Are we growing intellectually anymore? I'll be honest, it's easier for me to doom scroll through TikTok than it is to sit down and read a book. But am I investing in my intellect? Is that a strength or a weakness? Same thing, relational. Where are my relationships? Are my relationships healthy? Are they a strength or are they a weakness? And where's my spiritual health? Am I spiritually healthy? Am I praising God? Am I praying? Am I going to worship? Or am I like super spiritually unhealthy that I'm riddled with guilt and shame and I'm doing it because I should and I'm not hearing that gospel of grace? I'm not hearing that God forgave me, that that's the reason Jesus went to the cross because I am a beloved child. And man, the Bible says, if, if a child asks his dad for a fish, would the dad give him a snake? 
Of course not. That's a bad dad. And if we know that in human terms, how much more will our Heavenly Father take care of us? Man, what's it look like to be spiritually healthy? To let your spiritual life be a strength. See, before we can talk about aligning our heart, that is our will, our deep emotions, and our strength, we need to stop and go, hey, where am I? We look down and we ask where those strengths are. And then we look back, like we talked about, and we say, hey, how'd I get here? Is there something I can learn, something I can change? And then we look up and we go, hold on, is there a greater story being told here? Is there a bigger story being told? I'm just hooked on my friend Gladys' statement. It all works out in the end. So if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. How good is that? But what's it look like this week? I just want to throw that out there. To align your heart, soul, strength. What's it look like to get those all in the same direction? See, so often our strength, we need to align to our emotions. We need to have those two harnessed together to our will. What happens far more often than that is we let our will be totally overcome by our emotions of the moment, and then it just drains, saps our strength. But there is a bigger story being told, a story that we can invest in these capitals invest in our tove, invest in each other, and align them to our will. What's that will? Well, the Shema makes it simple. Love God and overflow that love to others. Oh, so, so good. Oh, it's been good to record this podcast, even though it's been a little later than I wanted to. It's good to be here with you today, and I hope this gives you just a little something to chew on this week. This has been episode 30. Oh, 30. Next episode, we're going to do episode 31, and we're going to talk about what Jesus adds to the Shema. The Shema was love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. When somebody came along and asked Jesus, hey, what's the greatest commandment? He quotes the Shema and he adds mind. Not because he's adding anything, but because at that point in history, people thought about thinking. When the Shema first came, they didn't think about thinking. They, they didn't think about it the same way. What Jesus is saying is, hey, you align your whole self. It's about unity of self and loving God with all you got and loving your neighbor with all you got the same way that you love yourself with all you've got. Ah, when we do that, we do that in a place of tov, in a place of working from who we are, who we were made to be. And so I hope as you do that this week, you are filled with grace and peace.